Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 241. On this week's episode, I am going to be previewing my upcoming seven-night Rhapsody of the Seas Royal Caribbean cruise to the Western Caribbean, and we're going to be talking about what I've got planned there, what I'm planning on doing on board, and what makes this sailing different than any other Royal Caribbean sailing I've ever taken. Here we go. When it comes to taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, I often joke and am still pretty serious about it at the same time that there's very little that is as exciting as when your Royal Caribbean cruise is around the corner. And on this week's episode, we do have that opportunity to get that kind of excitement, or at least I do anyway, because I've got an upcoming Royal Caribbean cruise. Actually, I'll be sailing uh, this week on Rhapsody of the Seas for a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing. I can't wait. And if you're wondering why this week's audio sounds a little bit different than usual, that is because I'm recording from my parents' house in Connecticut, doing a little bit of a work trip before the trip. And uh, so you have to please excuse the audio inconsistencies, uh, but I hope that it's going to be at least, you know, audible and enjoyable and whatnot. Anyway, uh, talking about this week's episode, you know, one of the things I always like to do when we get to a cruise preview is discuss why I booked the cruise. And I think, I, in, my, in my personal opinion, the reason why anybody books one cruise over another is always really intriguing to me. I find that it's something that there's different rationales that everybody employs, and it's not like it's always just one reason why we book a cruise. You know, Oftentimes, you're debating between different cruise options, maybe different vacation options. Perhaps there's something, some event that occurred in your life. That forced you to change. But on this cruise, we have something of an interesting story, more so than me just sitting around and saying, I should book another Royal Caribbean cruise. A number, I think about a year ago or so, a little more than a year ago, I was on board a Royal Caribbean ship. I'm pretty sure it was Freedom of the Seas. And I was trying to figure out a good idea for a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. I was looking forward to new ideas and new opportunities, new options that we can do. And it was either Freedom or Navigator. I'm not honestly sure which ship it was. It doesn't matter for the purposes of the story. But I was over there and I said, you know what? I think we're going to book a Southern Caribbean cruise on Jewel of the Seas. And that's going to be, or it's either Jewel or Adventure. Some Southern Caribbean cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. And that was going to be our group cruise. So I booked it. And actually, I told a few friends, hey, I think this is going to be the cruise. If you want it. We were on board the ship as well. So, you know, take advantage of the next cruise, right? So we all booked it. Well, things being what they were, flash forward, you know, a few weeks and even months later, and it, I realized that that sailing was not going to be the group cruise. But, you know, obviously, final payment date was still way far away, so I told my wife, I said, oh, we'll get around to canceling it. You know, I just haven't done it yet. But slowly, slowly but surely, the uh, two or the three people that canceled that cruise, uh, or were on that cruise, booked it with me, started canceling theirs. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to cancel mine. Trust me, it's not going to happen. Definitely not the sailing. Don't worry, I'm canceling that cruise. Well, my laziness actually paid off because, lo and behold, I got an email one day from Royal Caribbean that the sailing I had booked, that I was going to be canceling anyway, had been chartered. This happens sometimes where a group charters a cruise ship. And what happens in that situation is... Royal Caribbean then cancels everybody else's bookings on that sailing. And in addition to that, you get some bonus onboard credit. So, so I ended up getting a lot of extra bonus onboard credit for a cruise I had no intentions of actually going on. Such was my luck that particular week. And so we had to find a new cruise to go on. 
Now, we wanted to go on a cruise over spring break, my daughter's spring break. My daughter, who uh, this year is in first grade, uh, you know, it's one of those things where my wife has really put her foot down and said, look, we can still go on cruises, but we really need to adhere to the school schedule more than anything. Because taking them out of school, in our school district, if you take them out for more than five unexcused absences, I, I don't know, the SWAT team shows up and, like, arrests them for tardiness or something like that, which is crazy. I mean, in my day, back in my day, that wasn't a thing. But anyway, that's what it is. I've had this fight many times with my wife. Alas, that's the situation that we have right there. So, uh, regardless, we had to look for a cruise over my daughter's spring break. And we looked at a couple different options, but we just couldn't pass up a sailing on Rhapsody of the Seas. There were a couple of reasons for this. Number one, it's sailing out of Tampa, Florida, which being in the Orlando area means I can drive there in about an hour or so. So easily inconvenient. Number two, and probably the most compelling reason, was we actually managed to find a really good deal on this sailing. We looked at other sailings, seven-night sailings on ships like Harmony or Oasis, but on Rhapsody, they were offering an owner's suite for the four of us for something like $6,000, which an owner's suite is the next suite up above Grand Suite. It's a pretty good suite for, for any ship and you know offers a lot of space. It does require, obviously, my children and I to stay in one room, but the room is large enough I feel like we're going to be okay with that. And for the price, we just couldn't pass that up. Because we've seen owner suites oftentimes, you know, for the price closer to probably $10,000 or so uh, for four people. So we jumped on that on that opportunity. Plus, we had that extra onboard credit. So we were sitting pretty happy with that. Now, this is also a really interesting itinerary, which also drew us to this particular sailing. On this one, again, it's a seven-night sailing out of Tampa. We'll be going to Key West, Cozumel, Belize, and Costa Maya. Now, we've actually never been to Key West on a cruise before. I had been to Key West a number of years ago when I was a kid. I mean, I think the last time I was in Key West might have been like one of my spring breaks we went there. So it has to have been at least 15 years. My wife has never been there, and neither of my children. And Key West is definitely by far easiest or best visited when you're going there either by airplane or by uh, cruise ship. Because the drive is just, it's really a long drive. You have to drive all the way to Miami. So from Orlando, that's about three and a half, four hours. And then you have to drive on the only highway that goes to the Keys. So that's about another three hours or so. So, you know, seven hours one way isn't exactly, you know, a walk in the park. With the cruise ship, though, it's beautiful because we're going to be boarding the ship on, out of Tampa. And the very next day, we're in Key West from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I think this would be a really cool opportunity. We haven't quite figured out what we're going to do. My kids are not quite of the age yet that they can appreciate history. Like seeing Hemingway's house, I'm sure, is about as interesting to them as looking at a bunch of rocks on the side of the road. They just have no perspective or, or care for that kind of thing, right? But our plan, I think, is to take advantage of the hop-on, hop-off trolley. I think it'll be, it'll be certainly uh, inexpensive compared to taking taxis around. And Key West, in general, is the kind of port where you want to simply walk around and Kind of see what's around, you know, maybe do some shopping, eating, bar hopping, and those kinds of things. We'll do some of the typical touristy stuff as well. We'll go to Mallory Square. We'll go to the southernmost point. I try to explain to my oldest daughter, who's seven, what the, the significance of the southernmost point. And she's like, are we going to fall off the side of the, of the planet? <laughs> Never mind. You'll see when we get there. Uh, so it'll be interesting. You know, we'll find out. We then have a sea day. 
And then we're going to uh, Cozumel, Mexico, a place I've been many, many times. I'm going to skip over Cozumel for a second here and move on to the next place. Belize, uh, we're actually there from 8 to 5. And in Belize, we booked a Royal Caribbean private journeys excursion. This is something I did in uh, Curacao uh, last year on Navigator. It's these private journeys, if you're unfamiliar with it, is Royal Caribbean's private shore excursion option. They rolled it out just about a year ago. And it allows you to customize a private tour, but still have or retain all the benefits of booking a shore excursion through Royal Caribbean. So that means that Royal Caribbean, you know, works with a local partner there. They set it all up for you. You have all the benefits like, you know, obviously if the excursion is late, coming back, you have no issues there in terms of, uh, you know, the uh, ship waiting for you and all that. So there's a lot of peace of mind. And in Belize, Belize is a tender port. What that means is the ship doesn't dock. You have to board a tender, and the tender takes you to the mainland. Belize is actually a fairly long tender ride. We went there on uh, one time when we went on Navigator this season. I think it's in the ballpark of around 30 minutes each way. So it's not the shortest tender ride in the world. That For that one, we ended up, and we went to Belize the last time, we went to Goff's Key, which was a, a private island, third party. It was fine and all, we enjoyed it, but it was uh, not enough shade for my liking. I kind of, my favorite kind of beach place is somewhere that has uh, a lot of shade, beach chairs, and some nice bar service. And Goff's Key at the time didn't had none of those. <laughs> it was just literally a kind of a small little sand island that had a few trees. I don't remember there being any any chairs. And I think they had, like, a barbecue or something, and I was like, okay, not, you know, it was really for people who were going to snorkel, and we're just not snorkeling people. So anyway, we're not doing that. For this one, we booked it through, uh, we went through private journeys again, and I told them, I said, I have no idea what I want to do. Uh, I said, I've got a family of four, here are the ages of the kids, what would you recommend? And they took a couple days to get back to me, and they came up with an idea of taking a private tour through the uh, Belize Zoo, and there's supposed to be some baby animals there or something like that. And then we would then finish off the day at the beach. Now, I told them, I said, look, I'm a little leery. The, 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 the zoo idea sounds actually really cool, but I'm a little leery of the beach. Just because every time I've done beach excursions that involve a cruise line, which this is still a cruise line thing, it's often the same old story, right? You get there, it's crowded, there's too many people, uh, the food stinks, and a variety of other factors. And they said, look, we're going to work with you. We're going to make sure you get a private spot away from the crowds. And so, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice on this one and and give it a try. I actually found that the the price for the uh, for the for the whole thing actually was not too bad at all. The price is $380 for the four of us. And here's the tour description. This extended version of our zoo and beach tour will be offered in complete private basis with a guided visit catered to your family group and a separate beach area than the one offered on our regular tour. Four chairs will be prearranged for you and your family. Get ready for an adventure for the whole family that will love as your crew heads up to the Belize Zoo for up-close encounters with wild baby animals before soaking up the sun and fun at Kukumba Beach. Enter the rainforest environs, environment I think, of the Belize Zoo and Tropical Education Center known as the best little zoo in the world. The zoo is home to over 125 different species of animals that were orphaned, rescued, or rehabilitated, and alongside a professional staffer 
your family can meet and interact with some of the resident animals. Spider monkeys, crocodiles, toucans, and jaguars live amidst the park's 29-acre grounds. A short ride then lands you at Kukumbu Beach, a man-made watering hole where adults will find waterfront relaxation while sunning on beach chairs while the little ones go swimming, playfully bouncing on a floating trampoline, or everyone can bravely descend a 90-foot water slide. You know what? That sounds great to me. It's, it's different. It's not the same. And I think it's a great idea, especially in a place like Belize where uh, sometimes I, you know, I really just struggle trying to find something to do. So we're going to go for that as our go-to option. Now, also, we have one more port stop uh, in addition to that, and that is Costa Maya, Mexico, which is a place we haven't been since 2010. And we're actually going to do the exact same thing we did in 2010. Uh, I'm actually going to go to a all-inclusive resort called Maya Chan, M-A-Y-A-C-H-A-N. We went there in 2010, and it was amazing. It's a all-inclusive resort run by a bunch of American expats who, to this day, I still swear is the best all-inclusive resort I've ever been to. We're going back there for two reasons. One, I liked it a lot last time. Two, uh, we're actually going back there again in November uh, for the Symphony of the Seas group cruise. We're doing a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Symphony of the Seas in November. And for those that book into the uh, into the group, into our group with our sponsor, MEI Travel, we're doing a special group excursion just for them to this place. So I got to, you know, in the name of research, make sure it's still uh, top notch. <laughs> so I'm going to go there and, uh, you know, my, my kids loved when we went to the all-inclusive resort in uh, Cozumel last time, Nachi Coco. Uh, because I think my, my oldest just liked it because she got as many Shirley temples as humanly possible, of which she'll still be able to do that. And my youngest just enjoys any time in the water. This time around, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't actually remember if Maya Chan has a pool. I don't think they do, but I think for the kids, it's just a, you know, fun beach day, hoping for the best. Now I skipped over Cozumel. We're there from seven to five. And the reason why I skipped over is because we're making no plans there. Theoretically, you know, we're doing a beach day in Belize and in Costa Maya. So I'm not sure how to handle it with the kids. We may leave the kids on board the ship. We may take them with us. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to handicap what they're going to want to do because, you know, if we say, okay, we're going to go to another all-inclusive beach in Cozumel, which wouldn't be the end of the world. I mean, that means three beach days in a row, right? Cozumel, Belize, and, and Costa Maya. It's a bit much for me anyway. Um, so that's why I'm thinking maybe we hold off. But because Cozumel is also the first port stop of those three, and we're not doing a beach day in Key West, I don't think, uh, you know, that may force our hand and, you know, it's, you never know. I mean, one of the things you, I've learned about cruising with my kids, and I try to mention this all the time here on the podcast, but I also try to remind myself this mantra as well, is that you have to move at their pace, that I would love to do eight other things I can think of in some of these ports, but the reality is, you know, you have to go at their pace because if you try to force them to go, hey, let's go do a four-hour walking tour of historical sites in this place, it is going to end so badly with whining and crying and complaining and then frustration on my part that it will ruin the day. And you just have to re you have to recognize that and understand that, you know, in this kind of situation, you got to move at their pace and kind of take it easy. So we're going to do that and we'll play it by ear, certainly in Cosmo, because I've had plenty of... Uh, experience going there before and we're going back to Cozumel again two more times this year so I'm not too worried about getting it all in in terms of what we're going to do in Cozumel uh, but we'll see maybe you know the weather will dictate some of what we're going to be doing but looking forward to all these port stops it's kind of nice having some new ones thrown in and some new options as well 
In terms of uh, onboard Rhapsody of the Seas, of course, Rhapsody is a Vision-class ship, and she's among the smallest in the fleet. In fact, I've never been on a Vision-class ship before. The smallest ship I had been on previous to this would have been a Radiance-class ship like Brilliance of the Seas, which we just did, or Jewel of the Seas, which we did a couple years ago. Uh, I haven't been avoiding the Vision class, it just hasn't quite worked out. But for this, it's really hard to go wrong. Having a ship in our backyard in Tampa, the great price. And I think when, when I talk about, you know, some of these smaller ships, a lot of times I get questions on RoyalCoreanBlog.com. Matt, is, is this a good ship? Is Vision of the Seas a good ship? Is, Re- is Rhapsody a good ship? Is Enchantment a good ship? Is it a, and I often tell people this almost always the same answer, which is that they're all great ships. It's really a matter of you understanding what the ship offers and what it doesn't offer. There's no zip line. There's no Broadway show. There's no aqua theater. There's no boardwalk. You know, you have to understand those things don't exist there. But that's not a bad thing. There's still plenty of great things to do on there. And it's actually, uh, you know, that means you can have actually a relaxing cruise, you know, and spend time by the pool. Uh, you know, what? speaking of the pool, one of the interesting things about this cruise is my youngest daughter is now three. She turned three in January, but she's not quite potty trained yet. And we're kind of in a middle ground here where she's too old for the nursery, but she can't really go to Adventure Ocean yet because she's not fully potty trained. She can, without getting too specific, she can do number one no problem 95% of the time. Uh, number two remains an issue for her in terms of doing that outside of a pull-up. And you can't send your kids to Adventure Ocean in any kind of a pull-up. They have to be theoretically just be fully potty trained, but in our experience, as long as they avoid accidents, that's good enough. You know, I remember when we went on Navigator of the Seas in 2014, my now oldest daughter had just turned three, and we were going through a similar issue, although her issue was more just remembering to, you know, reminding herself to go and not waiting till the very last minute and then having an accident. But she had like a miracle turnaround in the weeks before the cruise. And then on board the ship, we basically employed a strategy of, oh, we want to go to, we call it camp. But you want to go to, you want to go to camp? Okay, first let's go to the bathroom. She does her business. And then she goes, and we would basically check on her once an hour or so just to, you know, ensure that she, uh, was okay. Because the counselors cannot assist the children in going. They can certainly, you know, direct them, but they can't wipe them and do all those kinds of things. So we felt that that was, and that strategy worked out well. Now, obviously, as every, every parent knows, <laughs> no two children are alike and what worked for one kid probably won't work for another kid. So it's going to be a bit of a, uh, adventure, if you will. At the end of the day, we may end up, you know, spending more time with our youngest daughter than we maybe anticipated doing. It's not, it's not the worst thing possible. It's not going to be the ruined cruise. I hope that once we're on the ship, she is going to see all the fun that her sister is having. And that's going to motivate her. I think with, you know, she's not dumb. She knows the deal. I think she just doesn't feel like she needs to, you know, for her, it's like an extra step. So why bother? But if she can see the, the motivation, if you say, wow, I could go, you know, go do all the fun things my sister's doing. Maybe she'd go for that. So there you go. In terms of dining, we actually have not booked any dining as of the recording of this podcast. And I have no good reason or rationale for it. I think we are going to do some specialty dining once or twice, at least. I, I just can't imagine we're not. But I haven't gotten to the point of committing to a dining package, nor have I reserved any restaurants. I may end up just saying, you know what, let's see what specials we find once we're, you know, on board the ship. Sometimes you can find, you know, discounts on restaurants on certain nights and whatnot. 
hard to say. I mean, Rhapsody of the Seas offers basically the same kind of restaurants that we had on Brilliance of the Seas back in January. So you get your Chops Grill, you have a Zumi, you have Giovanni's Table, and you have... Is it just those three? I mean, there's a Chef's Table, obviously, but, um, you know, there's not like... It's not like an Oasis-class chef that's, you know, swimming and... Uh, those kind of restaurant experiences. But again, I think we might work some in, but I'm also looking forward to doing the main dining room. I like the main dining room. My wife is more of a take-it-or-leave-it kind of person. She doesn't hate it or anything. She just, you know, I think in her world, especially dining, is the best thing to do. But I don't feel terribly compelled to, you know, book a bunch. It's, it's been kind of weird. I can't explain. I don't have a really good reason or thing like, wow, Matt, that makes sense as to why you're not doing that. <laughs> I just don't feel like doing it or making reservations. I Sometimes I feel like rolling the dice and seeing what happens, you know? Also on the screws, I have not purchased a drink package. This is a strategy that I used on Brilliance of the Seas in our last selling in January. And honestly, it worked out really, really well. Now, this time we're around, we're having kids with us. So, you know, I feel like there's going to be even less motivation to drink. And if there is a drink card, I will definitely take advantage of that. But otherwise, I'll take advantage of drink specials, drinking on, on, on land, and um, also taking advantage of any uh, the diamond drinks that we get being diamond members in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society. But overall, I think this is going to be a really fun cruise. I'm really excited for what this is going to offer. It's a new ship. We've got a new port in Key West. We're staying in a owner suite, which is a new kind of room. So it's always nice when you get to mix it up a little bit. And one of the things I really try to push myself to do, especially these days, is to not do more of the same. Sometimes it's, it's unavoidable, you know, in terms of when you're cruising, you know, four or five times a year, you're going to run into a lot of repetition. But when in, when possible, I'd like to avoid that. And this is going to be a really fun opportunity. And for the kids, they're super excited. Uh, it seems like uh, the weather should be warm enough that we can go swimming and have a good time. But I, I really can't wait to get on board the ship. And, of course, I'll be live blogging my experiences at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So if you're listening to this episode... Uh, the day that comes out, or around then, it'll be starting when my cruise begins on uh, Sunday, March 18th, and it'll run through the whole week, so make sure you check that out. I will post a link in our show notes at royalcrimmonblog.com, so you can get a link right to where the live blog shall begin. All right, it's time to answer your Royal Caribbean emails. This is the part of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast where I dip into our email inbox to answer your questions, comments, things I got wrong, and pretty much everything else in between about Royal Caribbean. Our first email this week comes to us from Robert Klein, who's writing to us about his seven-night sailing out of Galveston, Texas on Liberty of the Seas. Hey, Matt, just wanted to share my cruising experience we had on Liberty out of Galveston, Texas mid-January. It was a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing, including Roatan, Costa Maya, and Cozumel. Now, mind you, this is our fourth cruise with Royal Caribbean, and this will be our second time on Liberty of the Seas. Uh, we, my wife, stepdaughter, and myself, flew from Omaha to Houston. We caught an Uber out of the airport to Galveston, Texas, and much to our amazement, it was only 60 bucks. We were dropped off at a local hotel that offered shuttle service to the port. Very convenient. Here are some viewpoints to what we experienced on this particular sailing. Overall, the ship was great. We really liked the size of the ship and all the amenities it had to offer. The ship was very well maintained and in great condition. We had an aft corner balcony for our room. Wow, how amazing. As there were three of us in the room, 
They had a bed that was to fold down from the ceiling for my teen daughter. The room itself was a bit cozy, but it was a balcony that was spectacular. The balcony was huge. We had two chairs with a small table and two sun deck style chairs with another table that allowed us to stretch out and relax. We ended up, we all ended up spending some good quality time looking and gazing at the seascape. To be honest, that balcony provided an awesome environment for an occasional nap as well. In terms of dining, we ate the main dining room for dinner and enjoyed my time dining as we got to know the waiting staff and even better, they got to know us. The service was amazing and the attention to detail was wonderful. We did take advantage and I did at times eat at the Winjamer, which was wonderful. Johnny Rockets, always fun and awesome burgers. Sorrentos for late night feasting and of course, Cafe Promenade. In all, the food and service was simply awesome. For the photo package, we had purchased the photo package prior to our sailing. We made every effort to take advantage of this paid service. Before dinner in the main dining room, we would walk around and make sure we hit almost all the photo stations. All in all, we were able to take a total of 174 pictures of us on the ship and those of us getting off the ship to enjoy the day. Uh, for Royal Caribbean's internet, Voom, I decided to get the Voom package as it was a bundled deal with the unlimited drink package. What a value. The connection speeds weren't too bad and in some places on the ship was better than others. I did do some speed tests and found that I was getting anywhere from 2 to 4 down and usually 1.5 upload. Granted, these speeds aren't as fast as we have at home or at work, but still provided a great source of doing some video streaming and the occasional checking of emails and social media. For the drink package, I had gotten the unlimited drink package and my wife and daughter had gotten the refreshment package. Needless to say, I took full advantage. One thing, my wife and I were sitting in the English pub and the server named Lead Lady noticed that my wife was only drinking water. She took a minute and talked to my wife to see what if there was something else she wanted to enjoy. As my wife doesn't drink alcoholic beverages, she didn't know what to order. Well, the server went behind the bar and made a non-alcoholic and brought it to my wife. She loved it. Matter of fact, it was a virgin lava flow. In the end, my wife was so pleased with the service and felt just a little more comfortable in the pub, allowing me more time to enjoy it as well. For excursions, in Roatan, we booked a private excursion using Victor Bodden Tour Group. Three of us were all able to enjoy a guided tour of the island, a zipline experience, which was huge, and a brief tour of their enclosure. At their enclosure, they had spider monkeys that were so friendly and would sit on your shoulder and parrots that would do the same. What was interesting was that they had some sloths that you could hold. This was so cool. After the excursion, the tour guide made sure we got back to the port with enough time to go shopping around within the port. Costa Maya, our excursion was to see the Mayan ruins at Chaco Bend. We had used the tour agency of the Native Choice. We had to walk off the ship and just outside the port to arrive to the guide. We then took a van ride for about 15 minutes to the site. Wow, this was incredible. With walking around and seeing the ruins in what I think was a rainforest was truly a bucket list item for me. The guided tour was interesting and what made it great was that I didn't feel rushed to get around. Once we were finished, we gathered uh, in the van for another 15 minute drive. Overall, a great experience. Cause of all, this was an easy day. We took an $8 cab ride downtown and walked around enjoying the sights and sounds of Cozumel. Once we had enough shopping and eating and drinking, we took a cab $15 to Paradise Beach for some relaxing downtime. The beach was nice and offered what would be a a la carte type service. We certainly enjoyed the beach, pool, and food and drink. Once we got our fill of the beach, we returned back to the port and enjoyed some shopping before getting back on board the ship. In the end, we had phenomenal time. Everything from the food and drink to the service everywhere on the ship and to our adventures and our excursions. I highly recommend that we all that we did and enjoyed. Matt, I do have a question for you. 
Since you do several sellings a year, you're so lucky. You, st you fill out and return the questionnaire that Royal Caribbean sends you via the email every time. I know how you've spoken how important this feedback is to Royal Caribbean, but I'm not sure how you feel that you apply to say to, to its business model. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the great work. Robert, thank you for the email and very, very good stuff. Actually, it was really, it was so in, it was so in depth. Great information. The thing that I picked up on from that email was the fact that it only cost $60 to go from Houston to Galveston via Uber. Because I remember in 2014, before Uber and Lyft were really a thing, I remember it would have cost us like hundreds of dollars to get from Houston airports to Galveston. So 60 bucks, dude. Wow, I'm impressed. All right, <laughs> let's go back to your question, though. Do I fill out the email survey? Absolutely. I fill it out every single time, Robert. Reason being is because every cruise, the feedback is different. It's not to say that, you know, every sailing on Royal Caribbean is exactly the same or a carbon copy of it. Not to mention, I want to make sure I recognize certain crew members that really stood out uh, from our experience. And also, there is always a room for improvement, things that I think that Royal Caribbean should do better or improve upon. And so I absolutely fill out every single time. I think it's a really important thing to do, and this is true whether you've got on a number of cruises before or you're about to go on your first cruise, is after your cruise is over, you should receive via your email a email survey. Most of the survey is just the usual kind of stuff, you know, rate this from 1 to 10, 1 to 10, you know, those kinds of things, you know. Uh, but And that, those are important. But at the end of the survey, there's an opportunity, a free-form field, to fill out and tell them about, quite frankly, anything you want to. And this survey is the most important piece or tool, I should say, to that you can use to affect change in Royal Caribbean. All too often, people, you know, will go on <clears throat> Royal Caribbean blog message boards or on Facebook and Twitter, and they'll voice their opinions about this is awful, or I'd like to see this change, or I want to see this come back, and that's great. And uh, you know, Royal Caribbean does read that to some extent. But I'm telling you, the thing they value the most are those post-cruise surveys. So make sure you take advantage of them because they absolutely, positively uh, make a difference. No question about it. We have our next email. It is from Eddie from uh, Orlando, a.k.a. Run for Beer. And Eddie writes, a follow-up to a question I had so many months ago regarding opening balcony dividers up. Well, we had 21 balconies, and everyone had them open for the entire seven-night sailing we had on Oasis of the Seas. The room attendants were even excited about opening them up. The only downside to it was the occasional 4 a.m. wake-up call from outside when someone wanted to partake in, quote, just one more drink. There were they, We were on uh, deck 14, starboard side, and even with a, those big metal dividers, they had a sliding glass door to open. I did a walkthrough on the RC Periscopers group when I thought we had 24 cabins. I'm still looking forward to booking one of these group cruises, and I enjoy your blog, live post, etc. that you put out. I look forward to meeting you then or on a meetup. Your faithful listener, Eddie from Orlando, that will be doing the snowbird thing starting this summer. Eddie, thank you very much for the email. Great to hear. And wow, that is a lot of open balcony dividers. Love that. We have a next email. It's from Bob Church. Writes, My question is, what goes on in the Diamond Lounge aboard Anthem of the Seas? Or any of the Royal Caribbean ships? Leaving on my first Diamond level cruise in two weeks. Bob, great question. So, the Diamond Lounge is a special area on Royal Caribbean ships for uh, guests who are at least Diamond level in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society. That includes also Diamond Plus and Pinnacle, of course. And what this is, basically, it's a lounge. Uh, during the day, it's open 24 hours a day. You can just go in there. It's basically your own private space. During the evening, 
usually like 5 to 8 or 4.30 to 5.30 or, or I'm sorry, 4.30 to 7.30 or something like that. Five, for a couple hours each evening, let's put it that way. There are hors d'oeuvres served and there is complimentary alcohol served. It's not a full range bar. You can't go in there and get a lot of flow or any old thing you want, but there's plenty to choose from. Certainly uh, glasses of wine. You'll have a couple of beers available. You'll have the liquors like vodka and rum and other liquors that I don't drink and other things. Uh, and it's complimentary. You can drink as many as you want in there. There's no limit until the time runs out, of course. There's also a complimentary espresso machine in the Diamond Lounge. This espresso machine is available 24 hours, and it's my favorite thing to do uh, because you can get the machine not only dispenses espresso, but also a couple of espresso-based beverages. Like you can get a latte or a macchiato. It will make it for you. Just push a couple buttons and bingo, bango, and it's all ready to go. So it's really nice. It's basically just a little private enclave uh, for you to enjoy, Bob. And when you get on board the ship, what should happen is in your stateroom, you should have a letter from the concierge, uh, the diamond concierge, let, you know, welcoming you on board the ship and informing you of the basic policies of how the diamond lounge works, what times they're going to be offering, you know, the drinks and hors d'oeuvres and whatnot. This is, there's also sometimes snacks during the day as well, but I would tell you that most people get really excited for the diamond lounge for those evening offerings because again, it offers you complimentary alcohol, which is, you know, pure gold on a real Caribbean ship. So there you go, Bob. Thank you for the email. Let's go to our next email. And it is from Ron Ladowski. Right. Hey, Matt, proud top tier insider, shameless plug. And I just finished listening to episode 239. I thought of one location, which I had tried on Anthem of the Seas for sale away. If you're staying in a grand suite or higher, you are given access to the concierge lounge. On quantum class ships, that is located on the aft of the ship on deck 12. The lounge has wraparound windows very similar to 270, large comfortable sofa chairs, and by the time sail away commences, the snack and alcohol bars are open. The lounge staff is not overly rushed and bends over backwards to make the start of your cruise truly memorable. This location is especially welcome on cold afternoons out of Bayo, New Jersey on Anthem of the Seas. If this is your first cruise on Anthem, you must be on the main deck because nothing can describe the view as you depart and travel under the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Caution! If you're going on the main deck to catch a glimpse of the Statue of Liberty, sure, she's there, but the view of her is not the best. I know suites are not for everyone, but when I go cruising, I love the additional pampering. Cruising brings out the lazy in me, and that's why I love it. Keep the good work. Hope to see you again on a future Royal Caribbean blog group cruise or Royal Caribbean blog get-together in New York. Ron, thank you for the great email. That is so kind. And you know what? Great, great tip about the Diamond Lounge. And you're absolutely right. If you're on a cruise that sails underneath a bridge, which uh, the ones I know off the top of my head are, of course, uh, Tampa, Florida, uh, Bayo, New Jersey, that Ron just alluded to. And is there another one that I'm missing? I know that I feel like there's another one. I just can't think of it. But if there's a bridge to sail under it, you want to be there because it is so cool to see that experience and, uh, you know, very, very fun. So, Ron, you are 100% right as usual. Uh, let's go to our next email. And I believe it is going to be coming from... Brian, Brian, yes. Uh, Matt, love listening to your show and learning about all the stuff you put out there. The quality of the show is unmatched by other cruise podcasts. 
a few things based on recent shows. The alcohol package can be bought by only one adult, and the exemption is possible, but they make you buy the most expensive non-alcoholic package in lieu of it. It, too, is expensive. One way around it has been splitting the family into two rooms, which does not cost much more money on many sailings, and then placing one adult in each room and split up the kids. I've booked this a bunch of times this year, and it's worked for me. For Roatan, uh, check out a, a day with Shannon Bowden, uh, C-H-A-N-N-I-N-B-O-D-D-E-N, and the website is ChannonBowdenTours.com. He's an island native, went to the U.S. for school, and went back to the island to open up a travel business. I've used him two times in the past and referred him to many. A pickup at the port with a comfortable van, cold drinks, tour of the island have gone to monkey and sloth habitats, uh, the beach, which has a opening a private beach, and snorkel and scuba dove off of his boat, island food at his aunt's restaurant, met his family, and went to the town's areas few tourist shops will ever go to. He's a great family man, knows the island really well, and you'll enjoy your time with him. Check him out. His TripAdvisor status supports this. And number one, and also, you are 100% correct about Maya Chan. Great spot. About it. Thanks for all you do. Brian, thank you so much for the email and the recommendations. This is wonderful. You know, the Roatan one, man, I'm going to give some pretty good thought into that one, Brian, because on Symphony of the Seas, for the Royal Caribbean blog group, we're going to Roatan. And I had no idea what I was going to do for this one. So maybe we'll try that one out. It sounds like a really cool idea. I love the idea of little hidden spots or just places to get away from the crowds. You know, and kind of have that feel of exclusivity. I remember we went to St. John's on a recent cruise. And my wife and I went there. We went to Cinnamon Bay. Uh, St. John's is an island right next to St. Thomas. You have to take a, a ferry to get there. And we went there. And there were a few people there. But there is nothing. There is such a... I don't know. It, there's, some, there's such a cool feeling when you go to a beach, or really anywhere in the Caribbean, and you look around you, and there's just nobody around, and you're like, "Yeah, I found the secret spot." It's, it's like it's like feeling like Indiana Jones, but instead of finding some ancient artifact, you just found a nice beach. <laughs> like that to me is so cool, and I I relish those kinds of opportunities. So, Brian, thank you for the recommendation uh, for Chen and Bowden. Sounds like an awesome, awesome idea for a shore excursion. We have another email. It is from, I think, Tanya. He writes, uh, Good afternoon. My husband and I have booked an ocean view balcony on Oasis of the Seas, November 4th, sailing on our first anniversary honeymoon. I love your podcast. I'm a huge fan of Royal Caribbean myself, although it's been 13 years since I last sailed on them. I was on Sovereign of the Seas for that trip. We recently took a carnival cruise, and it was okay, but I did not like the atmosphere as well as I remembered liking Royal Caribbean quite a bit. I have a few questions I hope you're going to answer. Number one. If we did not want to do a drink package and just bring a soda cup and just bring a cup with us, is there a place we could fill it up with ice water throughout the day? I ordered a water package on the Carnival Cruise last July, and we did not drink it because we had ice available all day long. Neither my husband and I are big soda slash alcohol drinkers, so the cost of the drink package I don't think makes sense for us. The answer is yes, you don't need a cup. You could just go to any bar, any lounge... Tanya, and just say, can I get a cup of water, please? Absolutely, possibly, no problem, no charge for it as well. So, yeah, you don't have to do anything special for that. Absolutely uh, an option. Tanya's second question. Our itinerary includes St. Thomas and St. Martin. I wanted to do Orient Beach, but can no longer see the excursion on my cruise planner. Can you recommend some good excursions for a 40-something couple that wants to do a beach shopping day? Good question. So, uh, for St. Thomas, I will tell you that Megan's Bay is back open again. And again, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, you know, uh, both islands are still reeling from the damage that was inflicted by 
some of the hurricanes that hit it last year. So a number of beaches, like Orient Beach, specifically on St. Martin, I know is still recovering. St. Thomas, and Megan's Bay and St. Thomas, rather, is reopened, so that would be a good choice for you. And certainly Charlotte Amalier, which is the capital of, of, of um, St. Thomas, has offers that. So you could either do before or after. I'd probably say do it before. Just, I, now, now I'm changing my mind. I said to do it before so that way you're not like all like wearing your bathing suit and like full of sand and trying to walk into a shop and do shopping. Like by that point I'm tired and I want to go back to the ship and shower. Uh, but the alternative, the flip side of that, of course, is if you go shopping first, it may be more crowded at the beach. Maybe you can't get that prime spot you're eyeing. I, I don't know. I, depends on how many ships are important, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. St. Martin. Oregon Beach is suffering from some issues there. My recommendation is this, uh, uh, Tanya. First of all, uh, don't eat breakfast on the ship. Get off the ship. Take a taxi to um, to Marigot, M-A-R-G-I-O-T, Marigot, which is the capital of the French side. Uh, have breakfast over there. It's a, it's very European over there. Have a nice French-style breakfast. That's a great way to start it off. You can do some shopping there as well. And then when you're ready for the beach, hail a taxi driver and tell him, say, look, I'd like to go to a beach. Uh, but I want to make sure it's something that's, you know, open and functional and okay even after the storms. The the issue, the reason I can't make a specific recommendation right now is because, you know, every day it is improving in on both islands. And so what one beach that is closed today may not be closed by the time you go on your cruise in November. So your best bet, honestly, is to just ask a taxi driver once you get there and say, hey, you know, can you bring me to a, a, a nice beach? And, you know, here's what I'm looking for in a beach. You know, tell them what you're looking for. And they can bring one, I'm sure. There's lots of wonderful beaches in St. Martin. So I would not, I don't think you can go wrong there. Number three, any other tips would be uh, that you can provide would be greatly appreciated. I think you're off to a great start, really. You know, it sounds like an awesome itinerary. I love, love the Oasis of the Sea. I think you're in for quite a treat going from Sovereign of the Seas and some other carnival ship to Oasis. There's just nothing that compares. Nothing even on Royal Caribbean can compare to an Oasis-class ship. So you're going to have an awesome, awesome time, Tanya. You're doing the right thing by planning it ahead of time, looking into these ports. You know, the, mo- the more you can research, the better off you are. Because, again, the more the the more educated you are, the more educated consumer you are, the better it is for you. So there you go. All right, time for one last email. And it is going to be coming to us from uh, Mike, who writes, uh, Hi, Matt. Mike from Seattle, Washington. My wife and I just took our first Royal Caribbean cruise at the end of January on the Allure of the Seas to celebrate her magical 33rd birthday. Thought I'd give you some quick thoughts. We did a seven-night Western Caribbean visiting Labadee, Falmouth, Jamaica, and Cozumel. We kind of got upgraded from a balcony to a junior suite. There were so many things that we loved. First and foremost, excellent customer service everywhere on the ship we went to. Those working and serving always were cheerful and helpful and accommodating. We love Central Park. Any time of the day, it was a nice spot to visit. It helps that all the food options there were excellent. My wife and I both think that Chops and Giovanni's were our two favorite options for a dining. We tried all the optional restaurants and those that stood out to us. 150 Central Park was also quite good, and we had fun at Izumi. We need to give Sabor another chance, as we only went there for guacamole demonstration and didn't realize that lunch came with it. We weren't super hungry, and my wife wasn't feeling well, so it was, wasn't probably the best way to judge Sabor. We found the flow rider and zip line to be a lot of fun. I didn't do all that well, but we still had fun trying. Mamma Mia, the Broadway show was excellent, definitely a must-do. I tried out the drink package, and we definitely got our money's worth. Thanks for the tip on the Labadoozy. 
We rented an over-the-water cabana at Nelly's Beach. It really made for a pleasant beach. They would probably do that again. All in all, we had a great time. We had a blast at each other at all the ports and would recommend this experience to anyone else looking to try Royal Caribbean. Mike, thank you so much for the review. This is great. I'm so glad you heard you guys had a great time on board. Uh-huh. I mean, Allure of the Seas, great itinerary, Labadee. Sounds to me like a perfect cruise. <laughs> and uh, I, it, it really means a lot to be able to hear from folks like Mike who share their experience and kind of, you know, uh, talk about what worked for them and what didn't work. But it sounds like they had an awesome time. So, Mike, thank you for the email. And thank you to everybody who listened to this episode of the Rokerin Blog podcast. Cannot wait for next week's episode. And if you want to send me your email so that I can potentially read it on an upcoming episode, please, 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 please feel free to do so by sending an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.